Welcome to the Red Carpet Cafe with your hosts, Eric Root and Bree Prout. Welcome to the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root, and as always, the lovely <laughs> Bree Prout. <laughs> Bree, I gotta tell you, there's been some very interesting shows that have been dropping left and right. And you're the one that actually told me about this one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we talk about this amazing show, Panic. And the generic description on this show, Panic, is what happens when you take a bachelorette named Katie Thurston and you put 30 crazy guys in the same room (laughs) and let her have a handful of roses and give them to, you don't give a rose to the guy in the box. Why did you give a guy in a box a rose? I thought he was so sweet. I'm like creeper. I'm not (laughs) going to allow you to have a rose, but I kind of get why you gave it to the kitty cat guy, even though that was also borderline a little strange but hey my understanding is is that this bachelorette busted out a glittery vibrator in her season uh with the bachelor but this is clearly not the show panic i'm talking about this is i just couldn't wrap my head around and harmonica guy would have been booted the moment he busted out the harmonica i'm just saying i'm just saying so you watch monday's episode is what you're saying i've never seen it i don't know what you're talking about Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Panic. Panic is a show that has been brought to us by Amazon Prime. The generic uh, description on that is in the summer after their senior year, 47 graduates participate in the annual panic uh, competition. Winning panic with a cash prize of $50,000 will allow them to escape their small town of Carp. Texas. It's like Forks, Washington, but south and a lot less glittery vampires, if you catch my reference. After the rules change, however, they must decide what risks they are willing to take in order to escape from their hometown. So this show, I wasn't sure what I was going to think about something like this because I'm like, okay, it's high schoolers. It's going to be pretty angsty. Panic sounds like there's some fear factor moments. Maybe Joe Rogan might make an an appearance, but I wish alas, that wasn't the case. So our characters that we've got going on, we've got Heather Nill who lives on the wrong side of the tracks, apparently is the poor girl of the entire high school. Um, You got Dodge Mason who uh, is kind of the new guy in town. And uh, then you've got uh, Natalie Williams, who's Heather's best friend. You've got uh, Ray Hall, who is uh, the perpetually shirtless Ray Hall throughout most of the entire season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, how old is he? <laughs> I- I'm not sure. But I can tell you this, that Ray Hall, the perpetually shirtless Ray Hall, is the bad boy of the town. He has the bad reputation he does everything that you would picture a bad boy in high school would do. And then some, um, you've got Bishop Moore, who's 
Heather's other best friend, who also happens to be the son of the uh, town judge. Uh, and then you also have Sheriff Cortez, who is one of the focal points throughout the season, uh, whose son had participated in panic and ultimately ended up uh, dying from it. So the stage is set. You have your seniors in place. The police don't know what's going on with panic, but they have a lot of ideas. And we know that there are judges involved from episode one, but we don't know who those judges are. And we don't know who started the game, just that every senior set for however many years back, which I don't think they specify, uh, have participated in it. It's usually cash involved. And again, they're trying to get the cash to leave town and make a life for themselves outside of the dead end town. Um, but this year, ironically, just happens to be the largest cash prize ever for mm-hmm. panic. Bree, take it away. Your thoughts on how this season played out. So, I immediately was getting some like 13 Reasons Why vibes from the show while I was watching it, which intrigued me and made me want to like binge it, which is what I did um, over the course of like two, maybe three days. It wasn't all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I it sucked me right in like in the beginning I was like okay it's a little bit slow but as soon as you really you meet all of the characters like the main the main players of this um it really starts to pick up so then it you know it's the night of the the first challenge and that's basically where everyone makes it known that they are competing though there are you know however many people that graduated that can participate not all of them always do participate. Um, and Natalie is participating in hopes of winning. She is, again, Heather's best friend. She's going for that big prize. And then um, Heather won't even stop to see what's called the jump. So there's this... Uh, cliff if you will by a lake that has three levels to it and you jump off of that you state your name you announce your number you jump off with a flare in hand signifying one how many points you're going to get into that you are in fact participating this year in panic mm-hmm. and um heather who comes from a struggling family she comes from a mom that really doesn't give her much other than life she birthed her um heather works all of these jobs that she can she's saving money because she wants to get an accounting certificate and make a life mostly for her for her but also for the sake of her sister so that she can get her sister into a better environment her younger sister so that she doesn't have to grow up the same way heather did um heather has a box of money she stores it she hides it Uh, Just as the fireworks are going off, signifying the games are officially starting, Heather realizes her mom has stolen all of her money. She's left her with something like $10.46. Some ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um, And it was like 700 and something. So she makes a decision right then and there that 
she absolutely has to participate in panic because it's her only chance it's she was she was paving the way for her chance and it was taken away from her and now this is all she has so from there it just takes off you know there's this um kind of uh back and forth between Natalie and Heather because Natalie is not happy that Heather's participating. She feels like now they're competing with one another when they're supposed to be supporting each other. You find out that, that Heather and Bishop have been best friends forever, but they both love each other and are too afraid to say it. Um, You have Ray who comes into the picture who is, like you said, like the bad boy through and through and kind of, um, kind of like a little player too. Like he keeps approaching Heather in these very like sexual forward ways, which kind of messes with her head of like, how serious is he, or is he not serious at all? And she doesn't give in. She every time kind of pushes him away because he's not, he's not a real person to her. Like he, well, he's charismatic. His his charisma is what gives him that allure that, you know, maybe he really is into her. And he's shirtless. (laughs) Except for that party, the party (laughs) he wore that, I don't know, that weird, like black shirt, thing i'm like guess, is he going to I wasn't a rodeo paying attention to everything he was wearing or not wearing well i mean you can't you can't help but not pay attention to it when the guy is literally shirtless for almost the entire episode and then shows up at a party wearing some black silky shirt thingy i'm like what kind of party is this and what kind of party did he just come from right <laughs> anyways so, um, yeah, so the challenges take off, right? You, you learn the relationships over the course of the first two episodes of everyone. And then it gets revealed in episode two, maybe episode three, that the, of the two seniors that um, died playing Panic in the previous year, um, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And the, the boy was the son of the police chief. So he's got Sheriff his, Cortez. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry. Sheriff. Not All good. And um, the mother of Jimmy, because that was the name of the kid who died. Yep. Um, the mother is played by actress Moira Kelly. And if you're not familiar with that name, Moira Kelly, the last time I saw her, because I haven't really followed her career, but somewhere around the 80s slash early 90s. She was in a movie called Cutting Edge about figure skating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy cow, she's still working in the business. Didn't recognize her, except a couple of scenes when she takes a look at the camera and gives that little Moira Kelly smile once you Google her. And I'm like, oh, there she is. Because, of course, we're talking three decades later or more. Well, no. Whenever I, whenever I yeah, probably weird. more. Yeah, whenever I think of her, I always think of Twin Peaks. She played. Donna. Oh yeah, sure enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, How could yeah. you? There's like 70 different movies. <laughs> They're always coming out with something new. It's I can't follow it anymore. Um, um, and then, of course, the mother of Dodge played by nancy mckeon yeah and i had to go way back and reach back and look and go is that 
is that Joe. Nancy McKeon? Joe from Facts mm-hmm. of Life? Yep. Shut the front door. Yeah. She's still working. Had no idea. And that was kind of that interesting aha moment. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the reveal of Winona Ryder in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Because then sure. you're, you're like, man, I'm feeling all like 80s nostalgic now. Wow, yep. that's crazy. Yeah. Because if you oh, take so the good and take the bad and you take them both and there you have the facts of life. That's a little fun fact for you. Anyways. <laughs> um. So... So yeah, so you there's the reveal that Jimmy was Sheriff Cortez's son. Um, Natalie starts to snoop a little bit on this character Dodge, who is very new to the town of Carp. Um, no one really knows anything about him. He just kind of showed up, graduated with them and is now participating in panic as well but he starts off as the random new guy who's new guy in school but also happens to work the only one working in his mother's restaurant right (laughs) well and also like is heavily active and very strong Mm -hmm. um, which you learn in technically the first challenge i wouldn't consider the jump a challenge even though it is you get points for it but that's just announcing your participation so um so then we learn you know as eric mentioned that there are these judges um and it gets revealed that the judges are selected by the judges from the previous year so if if the judges don't pick new judges and essentially there would never be panic again so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure writing on those judges uh and over time you learn that judges can also participate in panic um and that's what happened with jimmy jimmy cortez he was a judge and he had participated as well um so there's there are all these pieces you're trying to figure out who's dodge why is he here um uh who might be a judge that's participating and how are they going to reveal the next challenge so there's clues throughout the summer like they'll go weeks without a challenge and then there'll be a random clue that shows up somewhere letting everyone know where the next challenge is and what day and what time to be there and then that's, you know, that's when it, when it all gets revealed. But there are certain pieces that happen every single year. For example, the final um, challenge is called Joust. And mm-hmm. it's basically a super extreme, extreme game of chicken. Um, and that happens every year. It's always the final to get to that point. Right. So, um because there are judges and you don't know who the judges are, the judges get to change the rules however often they want to, which happens a lot, um, usually in the fev- favor of Heather. So over time, we come to learn that one of her best friends, who she happens to be in love with, Bishop, uh, is in fact a judge. That's a spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, well i mean don't listen to this if you don't want to talk about it but but too late <laughs> I mean, it's been out for a while this isn't brand no, I mean, it's brand new but it's 
it's been out for a but while. But you know, you are kind of glossing over some of the extra backstory. So, like, for example, we've got Anne McCarthy, who, you know, in my opinion, is the long-lost cousin of Carol Baskin and her farm. And she's got that tiger Gosh. on there. Uh, hey, I got to throw a Tiger King reference in at some point. But Anne's got that tiger that she rescued. I have never seen that. You're missing out on internet gold and television gold, Tiger King. There's, it's not just Tiger King. There's like a whole like additional saga going on with that. But that's a whole other podcast that we're going to have to talk about later. We'll have a, we'll have a Tiger King invention for you. If that's yeah. a thing. But anyways, that day. you you learn quickly about the tiger and Heather working on the farm and she learns, you know, oh, don't run. You can't run. Otherwise, if you run, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And the whole time that that's going on, I'm looking at the screen going, that's called foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of foreshadowing in all of these that kind of leads you down the rabbit hole for so many different things to some extent some of the the way that they led us though to the conclusion is almost too much leading yeah i didn't like the end the end was okay um but you have to wonder this was a season of 10 episodes and the way they ended mm-hmm. it, these characters Would they've played they've played they've, they've played their part. They're yep. they're done for the season. So if they came back with a second season, they would have a whole new cast of characters and they would have to do a lot of explanation as to why the game is still continuing the way mm-hmm. it is. Now, mm-hmm. granted, it did leave us at the end knowing that who we thought was starting the whole thing actually wasn't. But it didn't really address who that was. Meant to be a cliffhanger. I get it. So things that I had some trouble with is you have like the scene where you get people who are trying to manipulate the game mm-hmm. through betting and rigging mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They get Heather's little sister involved mm-hmm. and put her inside the tiger cage Mm-hmm. Now, granted, she knew who it was that was she was dealing with, but why on earth would... Would she keep it a secret? Yeah, and why on earth would she be, like, okay with doing all that? Like, how did how did they get her into the tiger cage without getting the tiger already riled up? So, what I... Because I thought about that, too. What I think is that she didn't know it was a, a tiger in there because... Heather was the only person who knew. So I think that um, because, you know, she got that colorful little fairy godmother invitation. Oh, um, right, right. With her friends. So I think that, you know, she was led to believe that she was helping her sister win panic Mm. is how it was described to her. So she thought that she just had to stand on the other side of this fence. Now, when they were feeding the tiger in the first place, um, allowing Heather to be introduced to the tiger, um, the tiger isn't present until you throw the meat or there's something going on. 
Okay. So right. likely her walking in there, she didn't know that she was going to stand in front of a tiger. It wasn't until Heather got down there and the tiger finally started coming through the trees that Heather was like, don't move, don't talk, mm-hmm. nothing. Like, you're going to, you know, wait for me. And so she went in there and was like throwing the meat and trying to get the tiger to like, you know, focus okay. on the meat and not her sister. But what I don't follow where they lost me was she closes the gate. How did the tiger get released throughout the entire yeah, town? Yeah, I noticed that too. Now, they showed a scene, a few scenes after that, where the, the gate was magically left open. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how did she do that? She didn't even go through that side. Mm-hmm. She went through the building. That's where she slammed the door shut. It was in the building, but the gate that was left open was the one on the side. So the only thing I can think of is unless it was the person who put the sister in there to begin with that actually left that gate open. Mm -hmm. This is hard. I don't know how to talk about this without actually talking about it. No, actually it's, it's really simple because we're, we can leave it in generalities so that if there is somebody that is like, you know what, I kind of want to see it, but I don't want it to be completely ruined. Um, The thing I had a difficult time with near the end was the joust scene Mm -hmm. and the tiger comes strolling up in the middle of Mm -hmm. the course, which can happen. I get it. That's not, completely out of the realm of impossible but makes when, for a great story though but why would you get out of the car to try and become a tiger whisperer and keep the tiger calm and at bay when you could easily just stay in the car and let it go by and do its thing now, granted, maybe it's because it needed to push the finale to its conclusion the way it played out. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I'm like, what idiot is getting out of their car to try and go <laughs> befriend in the middle of a chaotic moment, especially right. when the crowd's already tense um, because they know that there's something bad that's about to happen. It just... Uh, I mean, I have a few. One, it, yeah, it's like the girl who runs upstairs in a scary movie. <laughs> right. But also, I think that the character who is the one stepping out of the vehicle at that time, I think, has a little bit of a hero complex. Okay. And was willing to make the sacrifice of themselves for the sake of everyone because i mean in that moment it was just absolute dead silence right no one was moving no one was talking and then they get out of the car and there's just that moment of them staring at each other which kind of goes back to when she first um talks about the tiger what's her name ann yeah um ann says that um uh that the tiger wouldn't harm anyone it wouldn't harm her because she raised it right so whether or not there were previous interactions and therefore that made the tiger not attack i don't know it's a lot of assumptions yeah um but going back 
further or earlier in the the show, uh, I wasn't a hundred percent surprised that there was the intense attraction between Ray and Heather, uh, just because yeah. of their dialogue. Yep. But I think what I found to be a little off-putting was when you have Bishop who's pining for Heather the entire time and you have right and you have Natalie who's like I can't believe that you would even have a thing for Ray and I'm like well Heather and Bishop are like 50 shades of awkward every time they are around each other Mm -hmm. both had ample opportunities to say whatever that they needed to say in order to profess their love but instead, they chose... They chose not to. Right. They they chose to bunt with the bases loaded. I mean, who does that? Yeah. They, Except yeah. for really good they, hitters. They looked at each other <laughs> and they were like, uh, no, I don't have any feeling. Like, straight up said that to each other because they didn't know what... I don't know. I... Bleh. I didn't like that. Yeah, and, and and I get it. You know, Bishop's the nice guy trying to help somebody out because his family's well-to-do. And you go to what's supposed to be one of your best friends and you're like, instead of just telling them, oh, hey, no, I'm just helping so-and-so, they needed some assistance. Uh You don't even have to tell them it's about money. You just Uh think, no, they they came and they asked our family for some help and we're just Mm -hmm. helping them. Instead, you come up with this whole storyline, oh, no, we're, we're dating uh seriously shoot me i'm so glad high school is nowhere (laughs) nowhere in the recent past like i just uh. (laughs) and can we make panic season two about maybe something a little bit more believable like college i mean there is enough real hazings they could base it off of not that i condone that at all but i I definitely say that that's bad, but at least give me something where I'm not <sighs> rooting for stupid high schoolers to yeah, fail I miserably. Was really, I was really surprised that you were willing to even give this one a go when I suggested it because uh, of that, that high school. I, I was, I was okay with it because looking at it at face value, I'm like, all right, this is an original idea. Uh, I'm not saying this, the season was bad. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually compelling in many directions for the character arcs and some of the challenges you look mm-hmm. at and you go, all right, that's interesting. I mean, we're not talking about to the level of the saw movie series. I mean, there's no right. bl- blood or gore but it's definitely more it messes with your head and that's yeah. kind of the whole point of the show psychological yeah well and that's what the the tagline if you watch the trailers they're like they i'm so paraphrasing right now but it was like you know you'll survive you won't die you won't get hurt as long as you don't panic right so you know it's like as long as you follow the rules but then the very first challenge i was like what like you like oh my gosh like the the first challenge was at a like an old granary and they were k 
catwalking between the tops of these granaries and this thing's been wait wouldn't that have been uh challenge number two because wasn't the first one the jump right but you know we we established that the jump isn't really a challenge that's just kind of uh, no, but, but it did yeah, establish who, who got points. And of course, I love that if you want to enforce something being dangerously high, you mm-hmm. always you always want to put the word devil in front of it. So in this case, <laughs> devil's, devil's drop or, or devil's, devil's drop. drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil's drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to do devil's drop. That's an extra 50 points. And I'm like, wait a minute. If a regular jump is like 100 points but you get a hundred you get a bonus 50 points and it's devil's drop and it could possibly kill you i feel like that you should also be like get a, immunity for one that challenge. should be like a thousand freaking points like if i'm jumping off of a skyscraper into a dixie cup that should be like a billion points right there is what they were kind of making devil's drop out to be yeah but you know Fair. either way yeah the other thing i have an issue with all these kids live in this town their entire life minus dodge all of these kids have been to those rocks Mm -hmm. over the years you can't tell me for a hot second that they all didn't know that devil's drop isn't that big of a deal there's nothing below deep enough or shallow enough that's gonna hurt them well that's assuming that that is every year the only thing that they really made a point of saying happens every year is joust all right maybe i still think though that that would be a hot spot during the summer no matter how old you are where you're jumping off of that continuously just to cool off maybe not the top though maybe i don't know but (sighs) yeah i i understand what you're saying too so the there's another big twist. So you mentioned that there's betting. Um, and magically, <laughs> when you watch it, you'll know. Um, Heather gets her hands on a, a betting, I don't know, what slip. are those called? Betting a slip. slip. A betting mm-hmm. slip? Okay. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not really doing this. (laughs) Um, And it happens to be probably the most important slip she could have gotten her hands on. Because it reveals a huge gap in the story that you didn't even know existed until it happens. But here's what bothers me with that. Is the name that is used on this betting slip. Mm-hmm. is not an uncommon thing. Right. So why, when you are who you are and have lived the things that you have lived, right. would you bet using... An actual name. Yes. Right. Why wouldn't you... If you're the bookie taking the bets for someone who is clearly trying to manipulate the game, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you write the betting slip in such a manner that it's coded Mm -hmm. so that it's not the actual person's name? Instead, it's, you know, Aunt Rosie 
or something like that just to throw off potential issues and who leaves their betting slips just lying around on the floor and all over the tables now granted luke the brother of ray who is Mm -hmm. the who is the bookie and also suspected of hitting and running um over dodge's sister Mm -hmm. early in the movie Mm-hmm. Granted, Ray and Luke are alcoholics and can't control themselves or their liquor. But if you're taking bets, and you saw the dollar amount on some of those tickets, you're talking $100,000 on a single bet. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of slips. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you hide that somewhere where it's not just laying around on your boat that anyone can walk onto a la Heather? Mm-hmm. That's just wide open. It's not like it's some kind of yacht. It's almost it's a like a house. Yeah, like a houseboat. But it's an open one with no real doors to it. Like <laughs> just some serious loose ends there in Cork, Texas. Well, and I think too that that's the whole. You like even now, having finished the show, there are still a lot of gaps in the whole betting portion of the show, and Mm -hmm. like who's fronting it and how it started and why it's this way now. Like you get a little bit of that, but. You know, you you know just as little now about that as you do how panic came about in the first place. Right. You know? So, I mean, ultimately it ends. There's a winner in the end, sort of. And everyone goes about their business. Summer comes to an end and everyone returns back to life, however that life may now be. Right. And... And you're left thinking that the the judges are likely never going to continue the game, meaning they're never going to pick judges, which means this next senior class is not going to have a panic. Right. right. Maybe. No, that's, that's fair. All right, Bree. So season one, mm-hmm. panic. On a scale of one to ten betting slips Hmm. how many betting slips are you given this season i am going to give it probably six and a half it was really good i enjoyed it a lot it sucked me in with the trailer and the concept of it like you said it's an original idea um obviously there's some levels of unrealistic to it that's what makes it so exciting um but there are a lot of things that don't quite make sense and a lot of things that i was hoping would happen that didn't mm-hmm. so okay. I'm, I'm gonna give it six and a half if there's a season two will i watch it probably i'll at least watch the first few episodes and give it like an honest try mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily envision myself finishing it which is a little bit of a bummer because it's like, you know, it's like, where do they go from here? So we'll see. All right. So you gave it six and a half. I feel like 
I'm going to give it six even. Now, had they actually had Carol Baskin in there and the Tiger King, I probably would have given it a 10 because that show is the most amazing show that you'll ever watch of a train wreck. Tiger King, watch it today, Netflix. And then don't forget to follow it up with more Tiger King on HBO Max. You're welcome, America. I'm going to give it a six. And I want to say the big reason for it that I even gave it that solid of a number is because of the fact that the story was original. And I'm a huge advocate of watching original programming. I don't want to watch reboots. The acting was fine. The performers did exactly what I was hoping they they would do, being cast as the high schoolers and, and as the caring parental figure that her mother was not. And, of course, Nancy McKeon and Moira Kelly um, were poignant in, this, in, in their roles. They were, they were critical to moving it along. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there were just a few, um, few plot holes in there that made me kind of question uh, whether or not it was going to end solidly. And I, I want to say overall, I feel that the ending was solid. Like to me, it was satisfactory. Mm-hmm. It came to a logical conclusion, somewhat predictable, but mm-hmm. logical conclusion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Not, a- not a bad offering for Amazon prime. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they've got some really great original things. I will say too, in tagging off of what you just said that I completely agree with, like it was getting to be like episode eight and then it was episode nine. And then by the time I got to 10, I was like, I I didn't feel like it was like, I I wasn't sure how they were going to end it. Cause I'm like, there's still so much that has to happen. Right. And like, we're approaching the end of this. Like what, where are we going here? Um, yeah, I and mean, I will probably this would be a show that I would revisit and I would watch again. Well, you're gonna you're it. gonna have to because I don't know if you caught the real ending on that that show. I don't know if you caught the full ending on that show. It was all just a dream. Oh my god, I'm tired of this theory. You've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. And we thank you for listening. And don't forget that the Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network. For more information, you can visit us on the web at bkrpn.com. On the next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe, Bree and I will be discussing Robin Williams movies. On Wednesday, July 21st will be the next episode that would have been his 70th birthday.